Welcome to the Embracing You podcast with your host, Eric Pothen. We are all on our own unique journey to discovering ourselves. Each episode, I will help you navigate the journey within to reconnect with and discover the innate love you have for yourself. This podcast will cover topics from self-love to eating disorders and body image to mental health and to overall well-being. My goal is to help you honor and embrace yourself so you may live your most authentic life. Let's dive in. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Embracing You podcast. I hope you all had a fantastic Thanksgiving and you were able to have a wonderful time with family and friends. Today, we are back at it with a another episode of the Embracing You podcast on boundaries. And today I have a special guest and her name is Dr. Rebecca Ray. And here's just a little bit more about her and who she is. Dr. Rebecca Ray is a clinical psychologist, author, and speaker. Over the course of almost two decades of practice, Rebecca has helped thousands of big picture thinking people through courses, consultations, in transformative content, live a life that's fulfilling, unapologetic, and free. Whilst her technique is science-backed, her approach sees her deliver both hard and heart truths with an ethos of self-kindness first, always. Beck's unique expertise sets her apart as one of Australia's most in-demand and authoritative voices in the personal development space. Beck is an author of five books, including Be Happy, The Art of Self-Kindness, The Universe Listens to Brave, Setting Boundaries, and Small Habits for a Big Life. She lives in the soul-fed hills of the Sunshine Coast with the great loves of her life, her wife Nyssa, son Bennett, two rescue Irish setters, and one gangly Weimaraner. You all, Dr. Rebecca Ray has some incredible insight on how we can view boundaries in a new way. And I am incredibly excited to share this episode with you all. So without further ado, let's dive in. All righty. Well, hello, Dr. Rebecca Ray. How are you doing today? I'm really good. Thanks, Eric. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for your time. Um, So to start today's episode off, um, if you wouldn't mind just telling us a little bit about yourself, maybe what you do and what led you to do the work that you do today. Sure. So I'm Dr. Rebecca Ray, clinical psychologist, author, and speaker. Um, And I stepped out of high school straight into university studying psychology. Um, I don't know how I decided. I just remember that I decided at the age of 15 that I wanted to learn about why humans do what they do. And Um, psychology was the logical next step. And so I landed in um, (laughs) studying psychology combined with a Bachelor of um, Human Resource Management in business. And I then deviated for a couple of years and started learning to fly. So I did some flying training, became a pilot, um, and then had to reckon with the fact that I'm actually a really routine-driven person. And 
having the weather change every day and flight plans change every day and air traffic control change every day just didn't fit my personality style. Also, I'm kind of a person that's much more comfortable with words on a page than with visuospatial skills <laughs> and kind of negotiating how to fly a small piece of tin throughout the air. So um, despite the fact that I could do it, I didn't I didn't think that I was really working to my strong suit. So I returned to psychology and then I ended up in private practice. Um, I was in private practice for a very long time, over 10 years, and I specialised in treating post-traumatic stress disorder, primarily with police and other emergency services personnel, and also with um, current serving and retired Defence Force personnel. And, And of course, depression and anxiety and all the things in between. And then about 35 years early, (laughs) because I planned to be in clinical practice until I was like 70, um, I just got really burnt out, incredibly burnt out, so burnt out that I could no longer ignore it. And unfortunately, my clinical career was ended. I just had to walk away and I was devastated at the time. I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. I had no idea how I could keep practicing psychology without seeing clients one-on-one. And um, I walked away from a very comfortable six-figure income and literally did not know what I was going to do. And I was kind of forced to recreate my life in such a way that I honoured my own personal boundaries to be able to Uh, honour my energy and honour the lifestyle that I wanted without being beholden to a calendar where I was constantly on on call for patients really. And so I decided to put my work out into the world online. Now that might sound like a small thing and in today's day and age it's kind of is a small thing but in 2015 I didn't even have a Facebook profile. I was very anti-social media. And if we're honest, Eric, I still am a bit. I really still am. I I don't love social media because of the demand it has on our attention. However, I embrace it because it allows me to connect with my audience. So what I was able to do was to take all the knowledge and wisdom that I developed over the many years of practicing as a psychologist, combine it with my just human experience and put my work out into the world with my particular take on it um, that comes from my perspective. So I now write books and sell courses online and uh, do original podcasts for Audible and Listener and a few other platforms. And I'm just in a place where I've been able to create a job that doesn't really feel like work because it feels incredibly meaningful without having the same drain on my energy. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your story. And I feel like I deeply resonate with your own journey and how you came into the work that you do today is I'm kind of in this transition phase where, you know, I'm like, do I honor my own boundaries and listen to what my body is telling me and, you know, continue on with the career that I'm currently in or do I honor my own inner peace? Do I honor my own heart and what my body is telling me and and maybe make that big leap of faith and kind of step into the, the unknown? Um, so I very deeply resonate with that part of your story. So thank you so much for sharing that. So today's episode is all about boundaries. So before we dive in, I'd like for us to take some time to define what a boundary is. So Becca, how would you define a boundary? 
A great question. Um, and I want to preface this by saying I, I perhaps don't define boundaries the way a textbook would. <laughs> I define boundaries in a way that's workable. So one of the things that I'm incredibly passionate about is being able to help people access psychology concepts in a way that is practical and allows them to actually apply that knowledge. So my definition of a boundary is essentially how we are able to determine our circles of empowerment and preservation so that we can distribute our personal resources in a way that is aligned with our values. Now, our personal resources are things like time, money, energy, um, psychological energy, emotional energy, mental energy, physical energy, um, and everything that's in our giving tanks to be able to give to others. But how do we do that in a way that honors what we need um, and what we want as part of our own life experience? And then how do we show up as who it is that we want to be? Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I really like how you mentioned in just this last part of how would you look at boundaries is that, you know, how do we continue to show up as we are? And we can use boundaries almost as that guide to be alongside us to show up in the present moment as we are. So I really, really like that explanation you just gave right there. So boundaries are kind of this buzzword that we hear going around right now, at least in a lot of my own social circles. Um, but why is it important to have boundaries? Ah, uh, yes. Um, possibly my favorite question <laughs> because I'm a huge fan of boundaries, obviously, because I wrote a book on it. Um, but the reason it's important to have boundaries is because if you don't, then you're essentially giving away the choices about how you live this one precious life, thank you, Mary Oliver, to someone who's not you. Your boundaries help you to determine the steps that you're going to take to create the life that you want to live. Without boundaries, you're allowing other people to decide your choices for you. Mm, that was that hit me really hard. You let other people make those choices for you. And isn't that the truth? So how can we tell when we need to set a boundary? Are we supposed to be feeling something internally, physically, mentally? It's possibly all of those things in terms of feelings, but the quickest way I can give listeners, I guess, a directive in terms of how to know that a boundary is necessary is that A, you feel resentful or frustrated or irritated with someone else. Um, if that's the case, if you're starting to feel a bit bitter and cynical in your relationship with someone else, then it's likely that there is a boundary that needs to be communicated or a boundary that needs to be reinforced there. Um, or you feel out of alignment with your own values. Um, and that's probably telling you that you're crossing your own boundaries. So we actually have internal boundaries, which is our the boundaries that we have between ourselves, um, you know, just in your relationship with yourself, that might be something as simple as screen time or how often you exercise. It could also be um, that you promised yourself that you would spend some time on uh, relaxing and being creative rather than working all the time. And then we have boundaries between us and another person. And that might be things like your expectations around someone turning up on time rather than 
um, taking advantage of your time by being late. It might be how you tolerate being spoken to or not. Um, it might be who you allow to stay in your um, home or not, et cetera, et cetera. So if there's discomfort that shows up in your relationship with someone else and it looks like anger, resentment, bitterness, then it's likely that someone is crossing your boundaries. If you feel out of alignment with who you want to be, it's likely that you're crossing your own boundaries. Very, very interesting. My mind is wandering over here. And I love how you described boundaries in, in kind of two different ways. One, creating boundaries with ourself, and then two, creating boundaries with others. Um, and so a question I have for you is, what does it look like to set a boundary with yourself? Yeah, great question. Um, so in terms of setting a, ba a boundary with yourself, it could be something simple like the time that you want to go to bed. That's a boundary with yourself because nobody else is coming, right? <laughs> You're, we're adults now, so no one else is going to tell you when to go to bed. Um, it could be that you decide that you're going to eat breakfast each morning or you're going to um, allow yourself to watch some Netflix for the afternoon because you're actually really tired and need some time to simply just chill out. Those boundaries are the boundaries that you decide for yourself. They help you to be consistent with who it is that you want to stand for and what you want to look back on when you're, say, 80, if you're lucky enough to get to that age and look back on the life that you wanted to live. So it's basically those boundaries that no one else can reinforce for you. Wonderful. So I'm I'm hearing you describe that in the in a word that jumps to my mind is authenticity. And it seems to me that we need to be able to set boundaries with ourselves in order to give ourselves the space to live life authentically to who we are. What are your takes on that? Yeah, absolutely. So think about authenticity as who you really want to be. So showing up as your conscious, authentic self. But we also want to look at the other side, sorry, the um, expanded version of that, which is that sometimes being authentic and being true to yourself means that you do the hard thing. So doing the hard thing could be that you actually get up and go for a walk in the morning rather than stay in bed because it's warm and cozy. It could be that you actually speak up for yourself at work and ask for a pay rise rather than allowing yourself to be taken advantage of. The Sometimes when we're setting boundaries with ourselves, it's not just um, well, you know, I want life to look exactly like this and that should all be easy and fun. Sometimes the most important boundaries we set for ourselves are the boundaries that actually require us to sit with some discomfort in order to be able to take the steps that we want to take to get to where we're going. Absolutely. And I think, you know, that's at the center of a lot of personal work, I think, is how do we learn to sit with that discomfort instead of running away from it. Because it's really when we choose to sit with that discomfort that in that feeling, we learn and grow the most. And so 
I know for me, I struggle with setting boundaries, um, especially with others. That's where the discomfort lies for me the most when it comes to boundaries. Um, So what does it look like to effectively set a boundary with friends, family, with a partner, um, or with a coworker? Um, It's a really common discomfort that you're experiencing. And usually that discomfort um, shows up because we're frightened of the reaction that we'll get. Setting a boundary is also about being able to not just communicate the boundary, but to be able to sit with someone's um, negative reaction or potential negative reaction to it. That's part of the boundary. And so often we think, well, I can't possibly set a boundary unless I can be sure that the other person is not going to be disappointed with me or is not going to be upset by this boundary. But the problem is that if you have to uh, put the pressure on yourself to control someone else's feelings and reactions, then it stops you from being able to set a boundary in the first place. And it also sets you up for failure because we can't control other people. The only thing that we have control over is our own responses to the world and to others. So when it comes to setting boundaries with family or friends or a coworker or a partner, the first of all, I want to say, don't be a dick. So um, there's a lot of Instagram posts out there that essentially just say, you know, set your boundary and you go girl or you go boy, you know, you've got this, you just say it how it is. Honestly, don't be a dick because if you don't, if you communicate in such a way that the world's supposed to revolve around you, it's not going to go well. You'll set yourself up for an interaction that's probably going to be a little bit more abrasive than it needs to be. So when we're talking about boundaries, we're not talking about ignoring other people's feelings, but we are talking about that when you communicate calmly and politely, you still might get a negative reaction and there has, there needs to be part of your process that you're able to accept that. You might not ever like it. I don't like upsetting people, um, but you need to be able to do it in order to be able to honour your own personal resources. So start by stating what the boundary is because sometimes, especially people pleasers, tend to really hope that other people can just read their mind. But the thing is, a boundary doesn't exist unless everyone knows that it's there. So if you don't actually say the boundary, then um, unfortunately, you can't guarantee that someone else will actually know that's a boundary for you. Then the second part is to make sure that if the boundary is crossed, that you remind the person that the boundary is there. So let me give you an example so that this becomes a little bit more real life. I discovered a boundary I didn't really know I had when I started dating my wife. Now, my wife and I have very different families of origin. My family of origin loves remotely. (laughs) They're not great at expressing their love and they tend to do so in terms of practical things. So my mom and dad will say, oh, I've put some money in your account rather than saying I love you. But, you know, different love languages, right? My wife's family are very much in a place where they will go, can we spend like 24 hours together? (laughs) And I'm like, dude, that is too much. So when we first um, started dating, her parents would come and stay and they would stay for like a week at a time. 
and expect to spend every waking minute with us in our company because that's what they did and that's what they enjoyed. And honestly, I found it suffocating. I found it really quite smothering. And so I needed to set a boundary in a way that allowed them to understand it's not that I don't love them because I really do love them. It's just that I operate differently. And so my boundary about who stays in my home and for how long must be present in order to be able to honour my energy. Otherwise, I get a bit ratty and not nice to be around. Um, So it's actually for everyone else's benefit that we have this boundary in place. So I can communicate it by saying, I love you so much. And when you come up to stay, I need this space for my own well-being. Um, And it might take some time. It took my wife's family to understand, a little while to understand that this was not actually about them. It's about me. It's not something negative about them. It doesn't mean I don't like them. It simply is what I need for my energy to be okay. Now, I set the boundary and then a year goes past and slowly the boundary slips. So we had a situation where um, Nissa's dad was coming up uh, to our town for a time and Nissa said to me, oh, do you mind if dad just stays overnight? It's only overnight. And by this stage I had set a boundary that my preference is actually that no one stays in the home except for us. They're more than welcome to stay nearby, but not necessarily with us. It's just too much for my energy. And um, I said yes. And then I realized that I'd crossed my own boundary and she'd crossed my boundary and we both knew the boundary was there. So we had a conversation just after that um, where I reminded her that we had an agreement that they wouldn't stay in the home and we kind of debriefed and unpacked how we'd gotten into this place where this was being requested of me again, even though the boundary was there. So it was a very gentle reinforcement of that boundary, but also a reminder that um, the boundary was there in the first place. So, so, and sometimes it's messy because, you know, I wish it was different. I really wish that I could just have them stay and it wasn't Um, so draining for me. But the way that I'm made um, means that it actually hurts my well-being when I have other people in my space for any length of time. Um, And so it's just what I need. It's just the way that I'm made. I don't love it. And yet if I don't honor the energy, everyone suffers. Absolutely. And I think what you highlight right there is I feel like we are both very empathetic individuals and it it can be uncomfortable when we have to place our own needs first and sometimes that might not be what the other people's needs are and so i like how earlier you had talked about you know you are the most important person as you go about setting your boundaries with others and it's not your responsibility to take on the emotional response of the people or individual that you are setting a boundary with. So I think as I'm hearing you talk about, you know, all of these things, the pieces are starting to come together for me over here. And it's starting to make sense that, okay, setting boundaries are hard for me because of my inability to often put myself first. And I think 
you know, that's where my biggest area of growth lies is learning to be more comfortable with honoring my needs and making sure that I can do whatever I need to do to ensure those needs are being met as well. Absolutely. And this can be a two-way street. So one of the things to, um, I guess, acknowledge during this process is it's not just our way or the highway, right? There are other people in this situation with needs as well. It's about, I guess, learning where your boundaries are non-negotiable because I have negotiable boundaries, um, boundaries that I don't particularly need to be um, enforced 100% of the time. There's some flexibility around them. But the boundary about someone staying in my house is non-negotiable. I've tried too many times to see whether there's flexibility there and there's just not. My well-being suffers if that boundary is crossed. So what I do to honour my boundary but also to honour my relationships with people that I love here that are respecting my boundaries is to also say, okay, how can we all spend time together because that's super important to you How can we all spend time together so that you feel like we remain connected even though we're not staying in the same building, you know? (laughs) We're not staying in the same place, but can we get together for lunch? Can we get together for dinner? What else can we do so that we're all still um, meeting each other's needs? I love the idea of presenting alternatives that make it seem like you're keeping the door open instead of slamming the door closed, right? Where, you know, we set this non-negotiable boundary or um, we say it in a particular way that kind of closes the door. But I love the option you just laid out right here of how can we work together here to make sure that your needs are still being met and my needs are still being met. So kind of going along that same line here, um, what are some other tools or phrases or exercises that can help us set boundaries with a little more ease. The first thing that shows up for me is obviously the word no. Uh, <laughs> I just want to remind listeners that no is not a dirty word. Um, it's okay to say no and it's okay to say no gently. You can offer someone your no without steamrolling them, without making them feel less than. And I think the the way of actually doing this and the whole thing about boundaries when you're an empath and when you're a sensitive person is that you want to learn how to honour your own needs but you also don't want to be creating discomfort for others in the way that you go about that. So as you said before, we can present alternatives but you can also just simply ask other people what they need without having to make up the alternatives for them. Um, And when you say no, you can do it in such a way that's gentle and also helps people understand that you're not invalidating them or your relationship with them. It's not that they're less important. It's that in this place at this time, your needs um, happen to look like this. The other thing that you can think about is um, when you're setting boundaries, you don't necessarily have to get the script right. So I I get asked this question a lot. Um, it's perhaps the most common question I've been asked since I wrote the book, Setting Boundaries, is how do I say it? And my reluctance to respond with a script is because 
there is no perfect script for every single relationship, every single interaction and every single set of circumstances. So instead, I want you to just think about how you communicate from a place of being kind and calm. Um, If you're kind and you're calm in the way that you communicate, then you can say the boundary however it comes to you. If you decide that you're going to become, uh, sorry, if you don't honour your emotions, you might find that your emotions become hot and overwhelming and that's when you're more likely to respond in a reactive way and set the boundary from a place of anger and frustration or to not set a boundary at all um, and let people walk all over you. So um, I don't I don't mean to be evasive. I just don't want listeners to uh, think that there's a perfect way to say boundaries and then um, feel like they're failing when they don't get it right. There is no perfect way. Instead, just trust yourself. You can communicate kindly and calmly. And if you do so from that way, then all you're doing is expressing your needs and checking in with the other person about their needs and do they understand where you're coming from. I think that's beautiful and I am very happy that you felt the that you didn't need to have the an equation for listeners to be able to fill in x y and z and it's the perfect way to state a boundary and i really love how you're empowering listeners today as they're listening to like you had said trust themselves and as long as they can stay connected they can stay kind they can stay calm the rest will kind of unfold in the way that it's it's meant to unfold Absolutely. And if they're actually, thanks for reminding me just in feeding that back so that I could hear that um, for myself. I just want to add to that, that if you're not feeling calm, if you're feeling overwhelmed, take a break from the situation. It's probably not the right time to communicate the boundary. Um, And let's face it, sometimes boundary setting is uh, emotionally wrought Uh, and can feel uncomfortable. So don't force yourself to set the boundary when you feel like you've got to um, deal with the anger or deal with the frustration or deal with the hurt first. Deal with the feeling. Allow yourself to go grab a glass of water, to step out of the situation if things become heated and to commit to coming back when you're both a little calmer um, at a later date or even just like in five minutes' time, Um, one of the worst things that we can do is to try to communicate boundaries when we're emotionally overwhelmed because uh, we're not, we don't have the same access to the logical part of our brain uh, when that's occurring. So just give yourself some space. Rome wasn't built in a day. Just go really gently with yourself and keep practicing. Absolutely. Um, So I kind of want to shift perspectives a little bit. We've been in the perspective of the person setting the boundary, and I kind of want to shift perspectives to the other side of things. So I sometimes struggle when another person has set a boundary with me. Um, So what can I do or others do um, when you notice yourself having an adverse response to a boundary that has maybe been set with you? (laughs) Maybe you and I are the same person, Eric. Um, I also struggle with uh, people setting boundaries with me because my default response is, oh my goodness, I've done something wrong. Um, Or, oh my goodness, they've had to set a boundary with me because 
I've stepped on their boundaries and therefore I'm at fault and, oh, my goodness, now I have to apologise 4,000 times. Um, I think that it's really important to honour our hearts. It's really important to honour that sensitivity and the fact that that this sensitivity is a real superpower, right? When you care that much about other people, it's very much a superpower as long as you don't use it against yourself. And when boundaries are set with us, it can be tempting to take that personally um, and to make that about something to do with your worthiness or to do with you not being enough. So instead, Um, I encourage you to reflect the boundary back to the person from a place of honouring their courage to set that boundary. Um, You can say something like, I'm really grateful that you trust me enough to be able to communicate what you need here. What I'm hearing is that you need some space and it's really important for you to have some downtime alone. And I love that I I now know that. Um, and I'm going to make sure that in our interactions, you also have that time away as well. It's really important to me that I honor that for you. Thank you for trusting me with that information. Yeah. I just love the, the fact that in that example, you just gave how it really goes back to the other person and you're, you're still able to show that the empath within, in that response. And I can see how that would lead to a much better response. Once again, I don't want to like jump backwards a, a little bit here, but once again, we can't be necessarily in control of the other person's response, but I can, I could imagine that if we were to go at it from a place of understanding and honoring that the response from the other individual might be a little bit more well-received. Absolutely. As you say, there's no guarantees because it's humans dealing with humans, um, but it, I, I always think of how would I like to be received when I set a boundary? Um, and the kindest thing I've heard people say is thank you for letting me know that. It helps me to honour your needs more effectively when you tell me what you need. And so I, that's my default now. It's a conscious default. I have to put effort into it rather than actually just automatically doing that because, like I said, I tend to be sensitive and take things personally. So I'm able to then, rather than responding from that place, shift into a place where I think that takes courage. It really takes courage to be able to say, no, this is what's important to me um, or this is what I need or I have a boundary here. Um, And I then respond from, you know, that place. Thank you for trusting me with that. Thank you for uh, having our interactions be so important in uh, your world that you would help me to be more effective with you. Absolutely. Another word that keeps coming to my mind as we have this conversation is just awareness. And um, I really do think when when we are having this conversation around boundaries, awareness is going to be key, not only awareness of ourself, but awareness of others. And so I would just like to throw that word out there into this conversation as well. I love that because nothing changes if you don't have awareness of what you're doing in the first place. Um, And nothing changes if you don't have awareness of how you're responding in the first place. So you're exactly right. Um, I have an entire section in the book, Setting Boundaries on Awareness, because 
um, from that place, we can actually then change what it is that we're doing if what it is that we're doing is ineffective. Absolutely. 110%. Um, so the title of this podcast is Embracing You. How can setting boundaries help us embrace ourselves a little more? Setting boundaries allows you to be in the driver's seat of your life. It means that your choices about how you live the one life that you've been given that we know about goes in the direction that you want it to go. Your choices remain yours. You don't give them away to someone who's not you. Mm, That's super powerful. Short and direct, which I think is absolutely beautiful when we're we're kind of talking about just how important boundaries are in our daily lives. Before we wrap up here, are there any other final words of encouragement or advice you'd like to give listeners pertaining to this topic of boundaries? Just one thing that came up for me before I sat down to chat to you today, um, Eric, and I'm not sure where this has come from, but I just feel intuitively led to bring it up. And that's that, you know, sometimes uh, boundaries get a bad rap because they're interpreted as being uh, negative or they're interpreted as being um, uh, lines of division rather than lines of connection. So I just want to remind listeners that boundaries are actually the greatest gift you can ever give another person in a relationship, whatever that relationship is with you, um, because it acts as you giving, offering someone else your user manual. This is your user manual for what you need and what you desire in your life. So please don't think of boundaries as something negative. Think of them as relational gifts. Mm, That's really beautiful. I love how you just shed light on boundaries as a gift. And isn't that the truth? I mean, like you said, it's like you're sharing with others, like your operation manual. And I think you shifted my perspective of how I perceived boundaries are heading into this conversation into how I think of them as now. I used to think that they were this big, scary thing that had to result in a big confrontation with another individual. And I feel like as we've had this conversation together, you've really started to paint this picture on how not really intimidating setting boundaries can be. And you've you've really painted the picture of it can be gentle. Setting boundaries can be gentle instead of this really abrupt, uncomfortable, rash action um, or thing that we do with another individual. So thank you so much for um, really painting that picture for us today about boundaries. Sure. I'm so glad that it's landed with you that way, Eric. Um, It sounds like uh, you've been able to really tap into exactly what I'm trying to say, which always makes me so heartened because Sometimes, you know, um, you can think, is the message, is my message actually getting through in the way that I want it to? So thank you so much. Where can we go to learn more about you and the work that you do? People can find me in my home on the internet, which is Rebecca Ray. That's R-E-B-E-C-C-A-R-A-Y.com.au. Um, where you can find ways to work with me, uh, all my books, all my courses. Um, My latest book is called Small Habits for a Big Life and it's available in Kindle all around the world Um, and it's also available in all good bookstores and online retailers in print as well. Um, And you can also find me on socials as at Dr. Rebecca Ray. I am generally on Instagram because that's 
where my people hang out. Um, so come say hi. Wonderful. Well, Becca, I will make sure that I include all of those um, pieces in the show notes. So if listeners are interested in finding you out on the interwebs and out in social media world, um, they will have easy access to that. But I am so incredibly grateful for the your time and your wisdom um, that you were able to share with us today about boundaries. And once again, thank you for all of the beautiful work that you do with educating others about boundaries. And I feel inspired to kind of pause after this conversation and really relook at the way that I view boundaries. So thank you again, Becca, and I hope we can connect sometime soon again. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure, Eric. Well, everybody, I hope you all enjoyed that interview as much as I did, and I hope you gained some new insights on how you view boundaries and how you can go about not only setting boundaries with yourself, but others. So until next time, I hope you continue to take care of yourself, you learn to listen more within and honor your needs. I hope that you are comfortable setting boundaries with yourself and others, and most importantly, love and embrace yourself for who you are, because you are beautiful and you are whole. Much love.